Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsenal Way and yes, we are back with another Analyzing Arsenal episode and of course it wouldn't be right if I didn't have Distant Covered or Josh Williams with me to go through and analyse certain parts of Arsenal. Josh, how are you mate? I'm good mate, yeah. I expected to get called back on this week because Arsenal won again, so that means another podcast. <laughs> of course, that's the procedure, Arsenal. When you come on, you don't analyse our losses over here. <laughs> uh, no, but before we do talk about Arsenal, I think... Being a Liverpool fan, we have to talk about the, the the craziness of the Champions League this week. Just give me your your thoughts on it. Man City surprisingly going out. Liverpool started bad in the first half against Villarreal, but you turned it around in like five minutes. Just how crazy was that for you guys? Yeah, it was a it was a crazy week. I mean, the Champions League semi-finals every single year seems to deliver, don't they? Um, Liverpool went two 0 down, which is doesn't really happen very often. I'll be honest, and it was weird to experience. Liverpool being the team to suffer from a comeback rather than to have their own comeback. Uh, but Liverpool obviously managed to turn it around. Klopp was able to uh, to change things tactically, introduce the right substitutions. And Villarreal, obviously Unai Emery, was uh, was yeah. very impressive throughout, throughout the tie, actually. But um, didn't have enough to um, to close out the, the, the match in the same way that they performed in the first half. And then in terms of Manchester City... Just total chaos. I mean, they, they, they had total control for 90 minutes. And then, uh, I mean, it, it bodes the question, really, why are we even trying to analyse football? Because you, you watch matches like that and it doesn't make sense. It actually makes no sense whatsoever. I was surprised when the game was done. I thought 2-0, 8 minute City, and yeah, then they're cruising through. And then suddenly, the Real Madrid, they just have the history of the Champions League, don't they, where they yeah. just never give up and they just come back. I think, they, I think this run by Real Madrid will probably be the best... Champions League run, I've, I can I can think of anyway. PSG, Chelsea, and now City. Would you agree with that, or, or would you say something else? Yeah, and then if if they win the final, Liverpool in the final, so I mean that would be a serious a serious run. Um, and I think after the knockout stages so far, they must surely. I mean, it's it's the old cliche, isn't it, where you think your name is written on a trophy? It it looks like that for Madrid. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It will be interesting indeed. But enough of the Champions League talk. Let's talk about what really matters. And as Eddie Nketiah and Arsenal's recent form. Now, of course, the last few games, Eddie Nketiah has, has come into the side and he's taken he's taken the, the Premier League by storm almost. He's really changed Arsenal and transformed the attack. And he's showing something different to, to Alexandre Lacazette, isn't he, Josh? Yes. Uh, I must be honest, I'm a little tiny bit frustrated with him because I did bring him into my fantasy team, but he hasn't scored. <laughs> Um, but despite his goal scoring or his lack of goal scoring, his, his all round play does seem to be improving. And uh, so much so, actually, to the extent that I, I actually think that Arsenal should keep him around next season. Um, it's nice to have a player who's been at the club who doesn't have to be integrated. Um, I know Arsenal are supposedly in the market for a f- few strikers, maybe keeping Nketiah around as a, a second or third choice. Um, means you don't have really have to do that, means means you don't have to change the squad too much. Um so he, he is impressing and I think it's nice to see Arteta recognise maybe what he's got there and maybe even looking in the mirror himself as well. I, I saw his comments where he said, you know, I've overlooked them, I haven't used them enough type thing. Um and it's it's nice to see a coach recognise that every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think at the start of the season Arteta was full of praise for Enketi almost showing his admiration for him and I was confused about it at the start I was thinking what does he see 
and the Enketia are doing gay. I think there's much better options out there. But the last few weeks, I think he has shown why he is the all-time top scorer in the, for the England under-21s, why he was, he was also captain under-21s, and now he's thriving in the Premier League. And Josh, do you really feel like though he can succeed at Arsenal? Because I remember in the podcast, he said that his dream and his ambitions is to be the number nine at the club. And the reason why he hasn't been able to perform is because he's getting 10 minutes there, 10 minutes here, then 10 minutes in the next game. But now he's starting to play more games. He's really starting to show his quality, isn't he? He is. I'm, I'm not sure in terms of his overall level as to where he is. I'm not sure what his overall standard is. Um, he's not as young as you would as you would like him to be, almost. He's nearly 23. He's turning 23 soon. If you compare that to Martinelli, Saka, Smith-Rowe, you know, they're 20 years old, 21 years old. Um, so Nketi is slightly older than those players, but despite that, it feels like he needs a bit more developing and it uh, feels like he needs to become a bit more established. And if you're going to lead the line for a club that are ideally going to be contesting in the Champions League next season with the likes of Liverpool and Real Madrid and Manchester City, it, you do need you do need top, top players in, in those offensive spots. So I think if Nketiah does make it you know, at Arsenal, if he is going to stay around... I'm not sure it will ever be beyond an occasion. Maybe trying to think of maybe like a Giroud a few years back, um, yeah. where he was kind of coming in when required, doing a job, and he he was effective. But in terms of being a regular starter to build a team around and to really lead Arsenal's fight for the big trophies, I'm still not sure if he's that. But he he is improving. Fair play to him. Definitely. Would you say almost like a, let's say, a, a Divo Origi, or I think Origi is coming from Origi the did co- Yeah, Origi did come to mind when, when I was saying that. Um, I mean, if he can be anything like Origi in terms of his effectiveness when he comes on, that's that's a valuable player to have. And obviously, on top of this, Nketiah is English. He is a homegrown player. That's playing more of a part in the transfer market as we move forward, considering you know the impacts of, of Brexit and things like that. So in that sense, it makes more sense again to keep him around. It's just whether he would he would uh, accept to be a an Origi type player. I think he'd play a bit more than Origi. Um, so that's why I said Giroud. I'm trying to think of a player who plays maybe someone who starts about ten league matches a season or so, or something like that. Um, maybe like a Chicharito on the like Ferguson, someone like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he, he's he got the quality where he deserves game time. I, think, I don't know if he has... Arigi has that clutch gene, clutch gene, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Where he yeah, can just yeah. come in and play one game and just suddenly score a goal. I think as Eddie and Ketcher, I think he already proved that where he comes on to play 10 minutes, he doesn't really suit his suit his style. So maybe, yeah, more like a Chitarito or, or Giroud, as you did mention. But just, just touching on to the... Yeah, go on, what were you going to say? Just out of interest, mate, uh, away from the agenda, what would you think if Arsenal went for Arigi? Listen, so I've done a few pieces on Dima Kariga where I'd take him <laughs> open arms. I think as a second striker, I'd take him. I, I remember on the transfer deadline day, I actually tweeted out Arsenal, go and get Dima Kariga. I think for the, even for the, these last six months, now, of course, Nketiah has come to the floor. But before that, I was thinking Origi is an excellent short-term option. He can come in and then maybe stay for the season after. But I'm a big fan of Origi. I've always rated him. Even... I think the 15-16 season when he was when Klopp was using him, I remember against Borussia Dortmund against Everton, he had that really impressive run, and from then he really took my took my admiration from. I think he's a good player, and I think if he's given time, 
you don't know what 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 you could achieve, and he's not he's not he's not uh, old, is he? He's still got time to stand to to achieve different things at another club. So, I'd take him. Would you would you advise Arsenal to take him? It, it depends. I'm not really sure. Um, he's just turned 27, 17 days ago. So that's that's fairly recent. Uh, if you look at his game, he's really well rounded. Really, he's, he's about six foot one, good physical presence, but he's quite quick as well. Uh, good in tight spaces, and as you say, he's very much a clutch player in terms of stepping up when he's needed. Um, established, maybe you could say, in English football now. Um, so he's got lots of nice perks attached to his game, um, and I think he, I think, I think he's leaving for free this summer yeah. as well. Um, the only thing maybe would be potentially whether the boat has has gone. You know, he's twenty seven now, just only just twenty seven, but um, maybe it made more sense for Arsenal to get him a year ago or six months ago or something like that. I'm not sure, but I'm sure Arsenal will probably want someone who's a bit younger and maybe a bit better as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree. I think if Origi was to come in now, I'd take him as a as a backup striker, for example, if Enketa does go, then I'd bring in Origi and another striker. But I believe, I know AC Milan or are quite yeah. advanced apparently anyway in their talks to, to sign Origi so I think now that would have passed by deadline day I would have taken him with open arms definitely and you're talking about better strikers potentially coming in one of those strikers is Gabriel Jesus now you're saying we should keep Enketa right next season do you think Enketa and Gabriel Jesus will be a good dynamic or does, does Arsenal have to look elsewhere if Enketa does stay I think I actually think Jesus is, is, is a very, very good target. Um, when I first saw that link, my first thought was, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> uh, because it was it, it felt so sensible. Um, he's an established Premier League player, still a good age, despite the fact he feels like he's been around for, for years and years now. He's still just bang on prime age, um, turned 25 years old, 32 days ago. And he's he's accustomed to playing in a similar way to to Arsenal at Manchester City, um, experienced international, um, loads of perks attached to his game, and he can, he's versatile as well. He can play on both flanks. So if Arsenal can find a way of getting Jesus in, I would absolutely go there uh, for for the right price. That is, I mean, I'm not sure when his contract expires. I'll check that in a sec. I think but, it's 2023, so end of next end of next. Well, season. yeah, there you go then. You should be able to get him for a decent price then. Um, but I think he would play, obviously, as the, the starting player and, and, and Ketia would be um, his, his kind of deputy, if you like, every now and then, um, which wouldn't be too bad, to, to be honest, considering how how similar they are in, in certain ways. If, you, if you're playing a system with his use up front, that system probably still works if Ketia comes in, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I completely agree. I, my only issue is with Jesus is, of course, at City, we haven't seen him uh, as a number nine in the long run. I think City gets, he's in the squad, then he's taken out of the squad. And then, of course, he's been playing out on the wing as well for, for Manchester City. It just depends if Pep Guardiola, if he can replicate his success. I don't know if he can do it on a consistent a consistent run of form. And at the moment, he's on fire, but can he do that consistently? Can he do it throughout the whole season? I think to make him your main striker, it would be a risk for Arsenal. That's why I'd like to sign Jesus and possibly another forward. I'm not sure about him and Enketia. What do you think about that? Yeah, one, one issue with Jesus uh, that, I, that I meant to flag was in, in terms of what he would come in as, if, he, if he's coming in as Mikel Arteta's poacher, you know, his, his number nine, his finisher of moves or whatever, uh, he hasn't actually shown to be that good at doing that 
since uh, since moving to England. So in terms of his finishing, um, he's underperformed expected goals by about eight goals since he's come to England, excluding his first six months in the country. Um, so overperformance over a long period of time suggests that a player is better than average when it comes to finishing, um, whereas underperformance implies the opposite. And as I said, Jesus has scored about eight goals less than the average player would have based on the, the shots that he's been presented with at Manchester City in the Premier League. So that's a difficult one. I'm not, I'm not really sure if, if that captures that he's a bad finisher necessarily, but it's something to take note of maybe um, if Arsenal want to sign a player who, say, say if they want to sign a player who doesn't get involved and build that much, but just finishes moves. If you're getting Jesus in purely for that, as the player who puts the ball in the net. It, maybe the numbers suggest that he's better at other things. Um, but obviously, he can score the odd goal as well. He's on a he's on a bit of a hot streak at the moment, actually. Yeah, I agree. He is on a hot streak. It's almost like the links for Arsenal came in and suddenly starts scoring just to raise his price a little bit for <laughs> Arsenal to pay at the, at the end of the season. But I remember we had a convo, I think it was a few months ago, and... Um, we spoke, we spoke about the pro, profile of striker Arsenal should be signing. I remember you saying that Arsenal should go for the two, for two similar strikers to keep the same system. Yeah, yeah. Would you think that'll be following that with Eddie and Ketchan and Jesus in terms of their style of play? Do you think it's very similar? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the case. I, I, I know English history in the Premier League has been generally you want kind of a mixed bag of strikers up front. Like I remember a few years ago, Manchester United had, um, I think they had Berbatov. Then Rooney, um, Chicharito, Van Persie, all really different uh, strikers. But I think generally, if you're building a squad and you you're building a philosophy, which Arteta seems to be doing, where you know not much changes every week. If you want, if you're trying to establish that, uh, you want two strikers ideally who can who can take each other's place and nothing changes. That's one thing as a Liverpool fan we're benefiting from a lot at the minute. Um, for years, we haven't really had depth. But now, not only do we have depth, but we have basically clones of every player in every position. Uh, Simicas is very much like Robertson. Diaz is very much like Mane. Um, you know, there's just Henderson's very much like Fabinho if, the, if one of them is playing as a six. So you've got players across the board who can, who can just swap places and... Nothing changes, everything remains the same. And I think if Arsenal are going to com- be competing in European competitions next season, uh, they're probably going to need a few of that, you know, a few of those players who can swap with a regular starter and nothing changes, basically. Yeah, I think you're spot on there because we've seen this season, Thomas Pai, for example, gets injured. Suddenly, Arteta has to change his system and then we yeah, exactly, lose a couple exactly. games in a row. Exactly. West, when Wyatt against West Ham, we struggled as soon as he come out, come out of the team. But of course, if William Saliba does come in and Ben White and him are very good on the board, they're also both pool progressive. So yeah, the, the, the continuity of the same players definitely is needed. I do see what you're coming from in that situation. But before we talk about the future, we have to talk about the presence and what Arsenal have in attack right now. And of course, the top four, there's four games remaining. Is Enketia, can he, can he fire Arsenal to, to a fourth place? I remember we last spoke, I believe you were still pro-Tottenham for getting top four, but has that changed? Has Eddie Enketia's introduction, his, his impact on the team, has it changed your opinions just slightly? Um, sadly not, no, it hasn't. But I, I still think it's basically a coin flip 
Uh, I still think it's it's very much in the balance. Um, maybe Liverpool can do Arsenal a favour this weekend by beating Tottenham. If that happens, an Arsenal win. The gap then will be five points. Five points, yeah. Yeah, well, that would mean then that the actual derby between the two teams wouldn't be particularly decisive. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It, it is very much just a 50-50 really for me. Um, but what I will say is early in the season, I, I did a podcast with Tom and um, he was very much stressing about Arsenal's lack of options up front. And he was convinced he needed to sign a striker and things. And I remember saying at the time that if you just, if for whatever reason, like I said, can't play and Nketiah comes in, it's really not that bad as long as your system is good. As long as everything around the system is fine, everything's functional, and you've got a few players who can score, like Martinelli, Smith Rowe, and players like that, then you, you won't suffer too much. Um, I've said for a while it's only worth Arsenal getting a striker if he's, you know, real top level. Um, I know this somebody kind of have to now because Lacazette seems to be leaving. They, can't, they obviously can't go through next season with one striker. But generally they should be aiming for, you know, the elite almost, or if not the elite, very close to that. Uh, otherwise it's not really worth, it's not really worth um, buying a new player to, to keep Nketiah on the bench. You might as well playing Ketty a little bit and it's good to see him doing well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I remember in the uh, Johnny Chance window, it was linked to players like Luka Jovic and uh, Avaro Morata. I was thinking, this is pointless. We might as well just keep the system how it is. It's just stopgap signing. I think with strikers, you've got to be very careful with how you with how you operate because you sign a bad striker and then suddenly you can't sign another good striker for at least a couple of seasons. Exactly, that's it, yeah. Offloading in that in that role is very it's very difficult, not like a midfielder or, or a defender. But yeah, I think that's what Edu and Arteta's thinking is as well. That's why I think they, they held off on signing Alexander Isaac because I think he's Isaac's only scored one goal since since the January transfer window. We were heavily linked with him. So it's almost a blessing in disguise that we that we didn't sign him. But before we do end the show, Josh. We have to talk about Liverpool and the favour they can do for Arsenal on the weekend. <laughs> can they do it, yes or no? I think we certainly can, yeah. I'm not really sure if we will. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, as I said to you before we started recording, I'm not overly confident simply because Liverpool have such a busy schedule. Spurs have had a week to prepare for this. Um, Spurs' record this season against Liverpool and Manchester City is good. They haven't lost a game yet. And... I watched Spurs against City a few weeks ago with Conte in charge and Conte seemed to have a very specific plan to cause City problems and I think he will come with the same against Liverpool. Having said that, Liverpool are just a, a bit of a juggernaut at the moment. Um, just seem to find different ways of winning and a uh, superb depth, really good at uh, fighting adversity if you like, if we got a goal down or if we're faced with tactical problems or whatever. Liverpool seems to be able to solve whatever they're presented with lately. So, with it being an Anfield, with it being a night game, I think Liverpool probably will have too much. And for the sake of this show, I hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all do over here. Let's hope that is the case. And Arsenal do get the win against Leeds on Sunday. What do you think, Lafayette? I think you'll win. I, I think Anfield under the lights at seven forty-five. At seven forty-five, <laughs> it's just you don't beat Liverpool away from home at that time. Yeah, hopefully, it's fully fit, fully full stage, and it can't. Surely not. Surely not. I think if we did, a, if Tottenham did win, then I'd be worried. I think I'd put our top four doubts 
yeah, my doubt for Tottenham will be very high because that will just give Tottenham maximum confidence and then it will slice the momentum Arsenal have as well, especially going against Leeds tomorrow. The pressure will just be ramped up to to get the win and hopefully and, and get your will hopefully show his, show his worth and, <laughs> and get a goal for the boys. But we shall see. And we are going to end the show there. So as always, Josh, thank you for, for jumping on, mate. Yeah, thanks for giving us a shout, mate. Hopefully um, hopefully my team can do your team a favour. Absolutely. Let's hope. Let's pray. And if you want to see more from Josh or hear more from him, guys, make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Distant Covered and me also at BaileyKeel underscore. But Josh will be seeing you soon. If Arsenal beat Leeds, then of course, you know how the analysing Arsenal procedure goes. We win. You come, you come on the show. So hopefully to see you next week as well. But guys, if you like the video, make sure to give it a like and subscribe. And most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,